Hey, folks, I'm Tom. I'm Keith. And we're here to talk to you about uh, one of the fine sponsors of Front Row Knowles, and that is the Dunlap Champions Club. They've been with us for the last couple of years. Uh, many of you may have sampled it for the first time during the spring game. Uh, if so, the news was good. They had the biggest crowd they've ever had in there, and uh, from the stories I heard, things went well. Feedback was uh, off the charts in terms of the uh, – it was a great day to be outside, a great day to be inside, all the food, all the drink, all the uh, t- uh, televisions. You, you couldn't miss the action because of all the glass. I mean, there were a number of people – that spent their first game at Doak Campbell Stadium at the Champions Club during that spring game, and uh, they'll be back, and you need to join them. 644-1830 is how you can get some more information or tickets. Uh, you can buy season tickets. Obviously, a great home schedule this year. They've also got three-game packs this year, so you can uh, truly sample it uh, before you make the, the the five-year commitment, I guess, to buy the, buy the season tickets. But it, it's worth checking out. Uh, there's a lot of excitement about Florida State football for obvious reasons, and this is one of them very much so and remember with your champions club seats you get opportunity to be in the club on friday come back on sunday uh, you can make it a weekend visit to the weekend destination you'll enjoy it what he said now here's front row Knowles. broadcasting live from the prime meridian bank studios in the capital city of tallahassee this is front row Knowles with tom block and keith jones front row Knowles is brought to you by cornerstone tool and fastener online at ctf.nu now here's tom and keith hello everybody tom and keith Back to cure your ills. How are you, KJ? I'm doing great, Tommy. Doing great. Excellent. Good week. Some very good week so far. <laughs> it's it's finals week. Oh, lucky you. No classes, just give exams. Yes, and then you have to grade them. Oh, you had to bring that up, didn't and you? And then you have to submit them by oh, whatever you had to bring time that it is up, on Tuesday. You? Well, just for Less- clar- just for transparency, uh, and probably I guess uh, blowing or tooting both of our horns, uh, both of us are adjuncts this semester, so both of us are given exams and putting grades in and grading exams and putting other grades in which is to say next week at this time we'll be even happier very much grades the draft grades uh or the draft results which has been the topic of conversation no i'm not i wasn't going to pick on you because i I didn't agree that mcfadden would be second off the board i didn't think he would not be picked well i i will tell you i was shocked he's raising his i was shocked i mean because there's no way based on my understanding of what the nfl looks at that they wouldn't at least draft him there's something there. There's a bigger story. Uh, I did read uh, – he, he did sign with San Francisco, correct? I did read where they gave him a pretty substantial, relatively speaking, uh, bonus and guarantee, which meant that he had been invited in and they wanted him. They, they bonused him twenty grand to guaranteed sign him another. They 90? guaranteed him another 70. He's 70. Getting, so he's making ninety grand, even if he right. never played. But I was I was shocked. You can you could have knocked me over with a feather when uh, that last round came and he was not called at all. I didn't think I was a fear. I was for clarification. I was fearful he'd be called early, and he didn't justify it because of his measurables. And now I'm on the other side going. Well, they didn't call him at all. Same with Matthew Thomas. I, I figured with that type of speed and that type of physical uh, measurables, somebody would, would throw something at him in the sixth or seventh round, even if he didn't grade out well on whatever they graded. I want to have this conversation in bigger detail, and it may not focus as specifically on Florida State guys, but Charles Davis is going to join us later in the show. And, of course, you and I used to work with him in the Sun Sports days, and 
then Sun Sports went away, and here we are doing this show, and he's a guy that you see nationally on TV pretty much on any network. What is he, Fox now, NFL Network? He does. Yes, 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 and yes. Anyway, he covers the draft. You guys know Charles Davis. He's been an analyst for a long time and does a great job. But I want to have the bigger picture discussion about, first of all, the draft grades that are issued. Okay, if if are they only saying yes, you're going to be drafted? No, you're not. Are they telling you you're going to be a first rounder, second to third, fourth to maybe not? What what kind of information are they handed? First of all, and then second of all, why can we not get to a point where these kids can come back to school if they want to, if they're not drafted? Well, first of all, I don't know, and we'll ask Charles. Maybe he does know how that information gets communicated. But I will tell you that information is worthless. Regardless of how they say it, it has no credibility because I can't help but believe that of the 100-plus kids that came out early, there's 37 of them that didn't get drafted. And I would think those 37 were told they would at least get drafted. If they weren't, then that's a whole other conversation. But if they were told, yes, second round, fifth round, seventh round, if they were told, yes, you are likely to get drafted, one-third of those kids' analysis was wrong. That, that, that's a 67. You and I would give them a D. I do think, to be fair, because I've heard a lot of this, Corey Clark went all in on how much these kids made a bad decision and how many kids didn't get drafted. There's been lots of kids declaring early and not getting drafted for a number of years. And for some of them, it still was the only decision they could make because they're academically ineligible, because they literally, and you but and how I, did they get academically ineligible? Well, that's on them. I'm because not, they thought they were going to get drafted and quit going to class. Maybe. Or, or they've been an academic mess since they got to school. Uh, I mean, I'm not naming names. I'm just saying. But or... You know, it's easy for you and I to say that had they stayed and they would have been a third round pick and now you've got a three year, you know, you're looking at 1.8 million or whatever the numbers are instead of maybe making the practice squad and getting 7,200 a week. Well, yes, they have a good experience at college. Yes, they eat on the training table. They stay for free. They get all the stuff they want. Their classes are paid for. That doesn't pay the light bill for mom and dad. And some of them are taking their cost of attendance stipends and sending money home. I mean, that's just the reality of it. We never really talk about. So it's easy for me and you to say, and you haven't said it easy for me to say it's a bad decision because if he stays another year he's going to make two million well he's not worried about setting somebody up for life right now he's worried about paying a bill for next month well and and i would like to in, see in, in some cases i'm just saying i would not like all to see work. some hard data on that because i think you and i might disagree on that i'll take florida state 85 kids on scholarship i bet there's not five of them that are sending money home well we wouldn't know but what i'm saying is that would be data that would be interesting someone could i guess research that or, or, or survey that or, or say if there's 40 of them that are sending kids kids that are sending money home then i will tell you we've got another pitch, bigger problem on the other side of well, the whether coin. it's whether it's none or five what about it instead of whether they're sending money home out of their eight grand of cost of attendance they get over the course of the year what about if it's finances are enough of an issue that they can't wait two years to try and get 1.5 or whatever the number is it's important for them to get out even if they make a hundred next year to help the family cause, I mean that's a I, that is an argument and that is an issue. And I, I would just I'd rather instead of us saying let's protect against that or let's promote that or anywhere in between, I just like to know what the data is. If, if there is a way to get it, and I don't I don't know that there is. Back to your point though about the draft grades. So it it does make me wonder. And again, we'll ask Charles this. You know, 
who's getting information or is it only the first rounders that are here in their first rounders? I, I feel like we talked about this previously. There's got to be a way that as soon as the championship game is done, you get the NFL guy. Well, the NFL's in the playoffs, so I guess you can't do it there. You got to get an underclassman combine somewhere and let all the underclassmen who think they want to test the waters go for four days and then get a, a random anonymous feedback from all the teams so they're not tipping their draft hand so that at the very least these kids know you got no chance in hell to get drafted this year or you're going to be a first-round pick. And if you do it early enough in the semester, you don't have to worry about class time and all that. But even if that does become an issue, and I'm, I'm bringing this up because you have to pass X amount of hours a year, and typically a guy that's turning pro, he's nowhere near the classroom this spring because he's working out he, with his agent. He's only done what was required of him to be bowl eligible in the fall, most likely. And so, you know, the NCA, which is here for the student athlete, if you've got these kids who legitimately test the waters and they miss a semester of school because of it well then so what then maybe they don't have to pass as many hours to be eligible back at their school you got to work with them here at some point but i'm just saying there's got to be an underclassman combine or some sort of way to get these kids graded and then if they look at their grade and they say well i'm going to show them they told me i've got no chance to play and i'm dumb enough to go well, out because i think on i do them. then it's, it's on, on them, them. And, but, and but what we don't yeah and you're right we're making too many assumptions one way or the other because i in the same way that you don't want to assume that a kid is sending money home because his family has no money, I don't want to assume that the kid was told that he's not going to be drafted and he came out on his own anyway. We just don't know what the truth is on that. The only Most of the information you and I have are anecdotal. The only concrete information, and my memory may be failing me on this, but I recall Ernie Sims talking about uh, his evaluation and and I, if I recall correctly, you may remember, but he was told he would be within the first three rounds. And I think Ernie ended up being maybe in the fifth round, fourth or fifth round. No, Ernie was a, he ended up a first round pick. Was he, he first round? But but my point was they didn't pin it down to one round. Exactly. They gave you a couple. They gave you yeah. a range. Yeah. yeah. And even that he was he was mistaken into his favor. Uh, and my point is, obviously, you can't tell a kid precisely because nobody knows. But there's got to be a way to get well, better information. Part of the reason they don't know is I, I forget when they get you your grade by January 15th or something now, I'm going to say. If you circulate a name, if you send Tavares McFadden's name out there on December 31st, well, there's still 50 kids who haven't declared for the draft yet. So you might come back and say, we think he's a fourth round pick. And then in the next two weeks, another 50 guys declare. And if you surveyed the same group, well, now he's a six round pick. So that, that's why I'm saying if you, if you could get the combine concept, and I realize probably every underclassman who was draft eligible would go even just to see where you rate, just to go through the process. Even if you're somebody that's never going to sniff the NFL, you would probably want to go just to see. I mean, if you happen to run a 4-2, maybe the NFL pays attention to you. I think the easiest and quickest answer, if we had to make a decision today, if you and I were co-commissioners of uh, college football, the easiest decision is simply the same decision that the NBA allows those kids to make. You can make yourself eligible as long as you have not hired an agent. If you don't get drafted, you can come back. And and that would solve some of the issue immediately until we had time to work on nuances of the bigger issue. Well, and speaking of nuances, one of them would be that you have signing day in February. And so coaches and staffs are going out and signing based on you just turned pro and you're not coming back. 
So that would be an issue if all these guys could. But the, the coaches but, won't like my idea. But, the coaches won't like my idea. But we now have an early signing period. So that problem's going to exist. You know, that that's already in the rearview mirror because now 80% of the kids are signing before Christmas anyway. And the February signing day is not going to play into that dynamic as much. They'll um, still complain about it. They will. They're, they're just, there has to be a better way. And your suggestion about the NBA, that's sort of like the middle ground. You got the NFL and then you got baseball where you can get drafted know where you got drafted and still say no th- i mean you can flirt but, with them you can go but out and you can't come back till three years later right depending or two years later it depends on age but okay. i mean baseball you can get drafted out of high school and go you can get drafted after your junior year or after your sophomore year depending on when your 21st birthday is but you also can get drafted after you complete an aa and transfer you know I mean, you can end up getting drafted four times in baseball you just lose leverage as you go on and the leverage is important in baseball because they literally pay the guys minimum wage outside of their signing bonus. I mean, they make well. Like, let's be fair. The NFL isn't far from that either. All those salaries up uh, through the draft picks are are slotted because the conversation with Jerwin James dropping from twelfth to Tampa to seventeenth to the Chargers. Jerwin didn't drop the minimum wage. No, no, no. I understand, but I'm just saying that was a three or four million dollars. Oh, it was big. No, I'm saying, but the way the minor league baseball contracts work is, if you got five hundred thousand as your signing bonus, that's great. But now we're paying you twenty one hundred dollars a month to live on a bus and days in in middle of Iowa. But, but to disagree with you, if you're one of the first two or three rounds. You've got that rider on your contract, which says we'll pay for your entire college education. Well, that's any of them. That's part of the that, that they have negotiated. I'm just suggesting baseball makes this is a whole different conversation. Baseball makes makes enough money that they could pay minor leaguers a little bit more. NFL makes so much money that they could pay to have a better structure and not let colleges handle this whole system for them. But that would take billions or millions out else, of the pockets of NFL owners. If nothing else, let's pick ten I, general managers and put them in a room one weekend. And everyone that is declared for the draft, let's let them rank them one through the underclassmen. If there's 120 that have declared, let's rank them one through 120. Let's don't say what draft you're going. What's which is your rank them? Kind of like you rank and seed the the yeah. basketball conference uh, tournament. Let's let's seed them and then let them make their own decisions. Anything would be better than what we're doing. Now. And as I process it, if you let them come back to school because they're not happy with where they were picked, you don't even have to rank them. You don't have to waste their time ranking anybody. You just enter the draft. You find out that, oh, you were the 1,200th best player and we only take the top 265. You know what? Maybe I should go to class over the summer and, and get my acting gear because the NFL is not for me. So then you wouldn't have to waste their time. You know who could solve this problem, Keith? Matt Thompson. Matt Thompson could solve it. He's our good buddy at Madison Social. Uh, this weekend, commencement. You don't have to sit through any of the now four commencement ceremonies. No, 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 no. Just no, checking. No. Um they have an alumni bar crawl scheduled, I believe, on Saturday evening. Now, first point of clarification, this is not for new alums. This is for any alum. So you and I can partake if we so choose. But uh, at Madison Social, you get a pint glass that says, Bleed Garnet, Heart of Gold. Then you uh, go to Centrale, you get an I wind a lot, but I did it wine glass. And then That's at, probably for the graduates. And then at Township, you get a future leader, not leader, but leader of America, glass stein as in measurement of fluid as in l-i-t-e-r that's like, all part like of what they tried to get us to buy our gas with back in the 70s yeah I, and i remember eh, nobody cares but <laughs> yeah actually nobody really cares i, I won't even share that Never story. Mind. in the interest of uh because i care about you the listener both of you i'm not going to share that story we'll come back with more right after this
Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. We fire up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline. The Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We say hello to our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefeld. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. How about yourself? Good. It occurs to me, Keith, uh, you know, with your affiliation with the Earl Bacon Agency, do they write policies for athletes whose stock dropped like a rock? We, we have been cons- uh, consulted a couple of times by FSU kids to review documents that they achieved or, or attained from other sources. So I have looked at those contracts, uh, but I've never written one. Tim, do you have one on uh, on your career? I mean, if you don't write as good a column tomorrow and your stock drops, are you still covered? Uh, how does that work? Well, I only ever write good columns. So, uh, oh! So <laughs> and that is why we continue to keep you on board as our seminal. That does not that qualify as self-insured. That qualifies as ignorant. <laughs> so uh, That could be. That could be. <laughs> we, well, it's that kind of attitude, perhaps, that led to some guys from Florida State dipping their toes in the water because they were confident that they would walk on the top of the water, and it turns out they did sink to the bottom. So what's your thoughts now as we wrap this up with all the underclassmen that went early? Some got drafted, some got drafted very low, and some didn't get drafted. Uh, you know, man, big picture, it's a shame. And, and you know, there, there's a lot of examples from Florida State uh, this year of guys who, you know, if they'd known today or if they'd known – Two months ago, what they know today, they probably would have done things a little differently. But it's not just a Florida State problem, man. It's a, it's a problem across college football and in college athletics as far as guys, you know, either getting bad advice or, or getting pressured from, you know, a family member or, or an outside influence. Or, you know, in some cases, I'm sure that there's there's players that, that feel like they don't have an option. They have to go. Their family needs whatever money they can get, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and those are, you know, that's all well and good. But it's just, it's just a shame, you know, to, to think that, uh, the guys could have done a lot better for themselves with one more year, and I think that's certainly the case uh, for a lot of the guys who left early for Florida State. Um, you I know, think, you probably could have done better with one more year, and it's, it's a shame that for whatever reason they're not able to do that. I feel like we, the collective we, meaning the media, but really fans, all of us, I feel like we are complicit in this and not owning it up to it to some degree because I don't recall a whole lot of backlash when Auden Tate said he was going pro or Ryan Izzo. I feel like most of the media and fans that I talked to at that point were, well, Auden had a great, you know, he's healthy, had a great bowl game. Yeah, another year might have helped him, but he doesn't want to learn the new offense. I get it. And well, I no, get it. This it. year, you can't, you can't say this year's an aberration because the offense was an going apparition to or an aberration? That too. <laughs> okay. Was, we're going to change some. I mean, Izzo, Izzo wasn't going to have a spot under Taggart's system, Taggart uh, system. Uh, Tate would have had to learn a whole new system, and we know how much fun he had learning Jimbo's. So I don't. I think this year's an, as an aberration. Well, relative but, to that train of thought. But what I'm saying I, that, is a good, that is a good point, Keith. This, it is a unique circumstance in this particular. It, year. it is, but the reaction this week from people that these kids made the worst decision of their lives and clearly should have come back. Nobody was saying that on the front end when they declared, even though all those points you just made existed. Well, my points are valid, and now your points are valid. Okay, it's that's all I'm saying. Thing. Boy, we're angry about this, aren't we? I, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not happy, Tim. I'm, I'm really not because I. No, sure. I believe. These kids are, are getting some information from the NFL, what, whatever that means, and the information sucks. It's, it's not worth the, the, the time to read it, read the text, read the email, however it comes to them. It's worthless. 
No, we, we've definitely learned, I think, you know, the, the draft advisory board, which has always been a little bit shrouded in mystery, right? Like, we know it's there, but we don't know exactly how it works or what they actually tell the players or how they tell. We just sort of know, oh, he got a, a fifth-round grade or whatever the case may be. Well, it's obvious at this point that, uh, that, that that maybe needs a little bit more scrutiny because I guarantee you, uh, on Tate didn't leave uh, thinking that he was going to be a seventh-round pick, uh, you know? So, yeah, I think that's maybe something that needs to be – needs to be addressed and and look man i mean you know all those things you just said as far as learning the offense and, and going through a new system and this and that and the other man that okay fine but again i still think if you would if if, if guys knew two months ago what they knew today not to hammer, hammer that point home i think they would take their chances uh trying to learn that new offense and improve that stock because- which brings back the point and and tom and i made this i think though we disagreed on some things i think we were in agreement on this all right now they know as long as they've haven't they haven't hired an agent, they should be free to come back. Yeah, then you got to get the NFL to agree to that too. And then the college, you know, the the, the college coaches don't like that either because you, you're running into issues with recruiting. And I understand. What your I understand. Be. But, I get it. But it's a better solution than what we're at right now. I think for some kids. No. Well, what needs what needs to happen? I think is the the college game and the, and the pro game, and then the coaches and the GMs and whoever else need to kind of put their heads together and find a way. Uh, because what you're saying, you know, what, what happens is now neither neither college football or the NFL or the players are being served uh, by this type of system where guys, you know, imagine a, a player who I got the solution doesn't get drafted and then is out of football in a year or two. Now, now nobody is served by that. I got the solution, and I realized that on the academic side, it might be tough to match this up. If the coaches are worried about recruiting because they just knew that their corner left and they signed three corners, and now this corner wants to come back. Let's just open up and have college free agency on May 1st. We can get the college together, and Willie Taggart could be out there right now, and he could be surveying the landscape. He needs linebacker depth, and he could find a linebacker that didn't get drafted and wants to come back to school, and boom, there you go. So make them like graduate transfers, but draft them. I'm just suggesting. I'm being, I'm being facetious, but I am, I am saying that we, we talk forever about helping the student athlete, and then every decision that's made is made to line the pockets of NFL owners and of colleges and athletic departments and programs, and, and that's the reality of the system we're in. And, and, and whether the guys got bad advice or just made bad decisions, uh, the repercussions are lifelong and well, generational because they are losing out on generational wealth. Well, let's talk spe- spe- specifics. I'm having a hard time I with just those did. big words. Free agency right now. Another specific. Okay. Tim. Uh, when you look at uh, T Mac, when you look at uh, uh, Matthew Thomas, what, what's your opinion on why they didn't get drafted? Well, I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I thought McFadden would get drafted. Um, I thought Matthew Thomas was kind of fifty-fifty. Um, I mean, look, man, you know, it's, it's it doesn't need to be more complicated than it is. I mean, we're talking about a bunch of guys who were on a seven and six team that at one point was a two and five team. Um, that has a lot of bad tape out there. You know, you know what I mean. Like we 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 fall in love, and, and we know those guys' physical abilities, and you know we we fall in love with the the recruiting hype. Which, you know, I'm not I'm not here to talk about you know recruiting and, and the star values and all that. But I mean, those guys were really highly highly touted. They physically they look like NFL players, so we we you know we see that. But then when you know try to imagine you're an NFL scout who's not or an NFL GM who's not a Florida State fan, you put on film from some of those games from last season and what exactly made you want to draft those guys uh you know it's unfortunate because i, I don't think i think both of those players and, and some of the other guys were better players than what they showed uh throughout the season but you know man if i'm an nfl gm and i'm looking at the film and then i'm looking at the combine results 
what exactly is enticing me to draft them? Well, and you may, you kind of make my point because I was setting you up. You know, if you want to play in the NFL, then you had best play in college. Yeah. And that means every snap of every game that's out there. And if a kid I, – I could give – I could have told you about McFadden and Thomas. I wouldn't have allowed them to be drafted. They weren't smart enough. They're not intelligent enough to be in the NFL because they weren't intelligent enough to know they got to play every play of every snap of every down in college. With due respect, and I see Keith getting fired up, the next time that I see on the NFL job application that intelligence is a requirement will be the first time that I see that. But the reason they didn't get drafted, Tim, the reason they didn't get drafted, Tom, I guess. is because the tape was out there showing them loafing and not playing technique football. Yeah. You don't just get drafted on physical talent. you got to no, be I able agree. to play. Now, now, the other side of that coin real quick is, that, as ironically enough, I think that uh, both the two guys you singled out, uh, Tavares and McFadden and Matthew Thomas, I actually think those guys are in pretty good situations. Uh, Matthew Thomas especially went to a team uh, that needs help at the position that he plays, and then yeah, and it but if work. he doesn't change his attitude, sure, sure. he's going to be cut. Agree, but he has an opportunity because they don't play at the next level. No, but he has a good opportunity. No same, pun same with McFadden. I mean, they obviously think highly of him as an undrafted free agent if they're giving him guaranteed money. Now, granted, it's you know uh, a pittance of what he probably thought he was going to get uh, earlier this year. Um, but it's something, you know. They 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 see something in him, and so and just to I annoy think those guys everyone, have chances to make those teams. And just to annoy everyone, because I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. I'm going to make you annoyed. Both of those kids, the light could come on, and both of those kids could be working their tail off and making the team. And then we're going. Well, why in the world didn't they do that at Florida State? No, well, that's a fair question. I mean, it's a it's a 360 degree circle, right? So I have a – first of all, and we're talking about all this, if Matthew Thomas and Tavares McFadden make a roster this year, not the practice squad, if they make a roster, the rookie minimum is four hundred and sixty-five grand. So they're going to be 21 or 22, and even if they last a year, they just made four hundred and sixty grand. Now, that's not five million or generate – that's better than most 21 and 22-year-olds are doing their first year out of school. Uh, if you make a practice squad and stay there every week, you're making like 7500 a week, 120 for the year or something whatever like that. Whatever it is. Whatever, whatever the math works out to. Um, I lost my train of thought thinking about all those dollars. What else you got on this topic? Well, I just I just think it's unfortunate that the information, Tim, that these kids are being given appears to be erroneous, not accurate, not good. Now, some of them are still going to act on it anyway, but we got to find a way to get them better information. No, I, I agree. But, you know, you also – and I don't know how you do it, but, you know, man, it's, it's just one of the – the unfortunate realities of being a high-profile athlete is there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of hanger-ons and people who see you and see dollar signs and see opportunities and you know look we all have sort of inflated values of, of our own worth and, and you know what we, where we should be in life and you know what type of salaries we should be making or what kind of perks we should get or whatever the case may be well imagine that you know again if you're an athlete and, and you're talking about guys who if you're a five-star prospect or a high school all-star and all that kind of stuff, you're used to being the absolute best. So why wouldn't you think that you're still the best when it comes to these uh, these situations? Or why wouldn't you think, you know, well, part of being an athlete and having an edge is proving people wrong. And, and you know, they said I couldn't do it. This is just another one of those things. And then at some point, you, you know, you reach the end of the road and then you're, you're kind of left as a, you know, a late round draft pick or whatever the case may be. But I mean, the the the, the whole root of the problem, I think, is, 
you know, it, it's pretty pretty deep and, and pretty multifaceted. Well, let's talk about something positive. Uh, sure. and, I, and I just saw this as I was walking into the studio. The 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 special teams kid from Florida State, number eighty seven, Jared Jackson. Jackson, mm-hmm. he got signed. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, no, that's a good story. It's an unbelievable story. Yeah, you know, not not from uh, not too far from here either, which is pretty wild. No, that's really cool, and and that kind of goes, you know, the other side uh, of what you were saying, Keith. Uh, you know, if you if you're if, if teams have film of you, you know, giving effort and being smart. And, running good routes and, and doing everything you can to maximize your ability. And, and look, you know, if Jared were on the show, I'm sure he would tell you that he, he didn't have the same physical ability as some of those other offensive players. That's fine. But I, at this point, I'd say, I mean, good grief, you know, getting signed any type of contract in, in the NFL after walking around at, at, at Florida State. I mean, that's an accomplishment. And I think you have to say that uh, that he took full advantage of what was available to him and, and maximized what he had. And that's really cool. It is cool, and and uh, there's actually several guys that got signed as free agents. And just just because we're talking about money, I actually looked this up the other night. Any guesses as to how much money Florida State place kickers currently in the league have made in career earnings? Uh, I don't have one. I bet it's a pretty high number, though. Uh, I would put the over and under at seventy five million. You did some math on it. No, I just I mean. I, so here's here's the mind boggler. Sebastian Janikowski career earnings fifty one million dollars. Wow. Now this is not counting anything in twenty eighteen, but this is just what's so it's not what their contracts are. This is cash in the I door. I think he signed for three with the with the uh, Seahawks. FYI for eighteen. It's not counting any unless you got a signing bonus that might be counting in. Uh, Graham I feel like is in the ten to twelve range. Roberto Aguayo's made two and a half even though he's bounced around yeah and uh and hopkins is in that two million range too just think about it, four place kickers <laughs> and they're yeah. at 70 million bucks all right we should probably talk about something else other than this what do you think tim uh, i'm ready well uh is i'm not gonna say is i'm gonna say when is it gonna happen saturday sunday or monday at clemson that mike martin sets the record oh man i see i already anticipated this question and, uh, then you should have an my, answer. Well, my answer was going to be, I don't know when it'll happen, but I think it uh, it will. And uh, and now you uh, you have preempted my uh, my my thinking on that one. Uh, I, but actually, you know what? I, I did think about this uh, a little bit yesterday, and I think it, I think it's going to happen on Sunday. I don't know why. I just have a hunch. All right, Sunday it is. Just, I, I know the naysayers are going. It's not going to happen at all. It'll be against St. Mary's or whoever they yeah, play the yeah. following Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. If I, if I, if I, I've heard from the naysayers. It's fine. It's not, I think it's going to happen Sunday. I don't know. Uh, just a feeling about uh, you know different pitching matchups and whatever whatever the case may be. And, you, uh, and, you would hate, and more a hunch, more a hunch than anything else. You would hate, and, and for our listeners that don't keep up with it, the diehards know this, but because ESPN chose to televise the FSU Clemson game, that goes from a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yes, to a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then Monday night ESPN televises that nationally. Um, I, I would hate for 11 to have to wait two games and what that means about losing a series to Clemson. But there's also, from a media standpoint, it'd be kind of good to have it on national TV as well. I hope it doesn't happen that way. I hope, I hope it happens Saturday or Sunday. I'm not wishing for Monday. But um, maybe we can take some solace in that if FSU ends up not winning that series. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, but the, the other side of that is if you uh, if, if you do it uh, on Saturday or Sunday, then uh, national the, the national broadcast on Monday night is just, at that point, probably just turns into a big Mike Martin tribute on uh, on ESPN. So that'd be pretty cool too. That's why that's why you're smarter than I am. All right. Well, you know, I just, just try to find the other side of the coin. That's all. Basketball, real quick, Tim. 
I've been impressed that there's such outrage about the Psyche Obiagu thing because people are excited about basketball in the yeah. FSU went to the Elite Eight, returns a lot. And the topic of conversation I'm hearing more people discuss is that one over the NFL draft and Martin's record and all that. So can you advance the conversation at all on why Ike's moving on and where Florida State turns from here? No, you know, I mean, I've been able to kind of gather uh, some of the same things that I think you guys have and and uh, some other folks around town is that it sounds like, the, you know, the, there's an issue with, with somebody associated with him who uh, who wanted some sort of guarantee uh, on playing time uh, moving forward. And, and, uh, and of course, the, the coaching staff here, I mean, you know, they're not going to do that. You, I don't think any 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 coaching staff that doesn't want to find itself in, uh, in a sticky situation is going to guarantee playing time. Uh, and when you have an impasse there, then all of a sudden, you know, here you go. Um, and, gosh, man, that's just uh, – that's, that's tough. Um, one, just because Ike seemed like he had such a bright future, uh, had such a really nice freshman year. It was really fun to watch. Um, but he was just, man, he was, you know, in, in being around him a little bit, especially toward the end of the year when he was playing more. Um, I mean, he was, a, he was a fun kid to be around. You know, he was, he was funny. He had a good sense of humor, was able to sort of laugh at himself uh, a little bit. And, you know, I think if you're a Florida State fan, you're really excited about the idea of watching him grow over the next few years. And I guarantee you uh, the coaching staff was, uh, was excited about watching him grow over the next few years. Uh, and so it's uh, you know it's, it's a real kind of a punch in the gut to think that it's going to be happening somewhere else, especially um, as out of the blue as it seems. Um, you know, you want to talk about kind of what we were saying earlier uh, in the segment about you know guys maybe getting some bad advice or, or, or having some, some people who around them who you know maybe they mean well but just don't know or, or you know aren't aren't familiar enough with with the way things work. But you know that that kind of seems like what, what you're dealing with here. Tim, I look forward to your next column because I know it won't be a bad one based on what you said at the start of this conversation. Hey, man, you got to be confident. I like it. We'll talk to you next week. See you, Tim. Our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt. You can find uh, his witty humor in ink or type or print or whatever you call it if you're reading it on a computer screen or tablet. Uh, digitally, electronically, whatever the term is. Help me out here, Mr. Neanderthal. I, I, I just You can it, find it on Seminoles.com. It just reminds me of the of the uh, joke I used to tell on myself because I have blonde hair. How can you tell when I have been operating the computer when there's white out on the screen? Boom, boom, boom. All right. More bad humor straight ahead on Front Row Knowles. I want to watch you Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ with you. And we're going to continue our NFL draft discussion as we fire up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline once more. Say hello to our old friend, longtime friend, not old, just longtime friend. Charles Davis, uh, who's a, a really good guy, and uh, we used to work with him back in the day, but you know him as uh, from NFL on Fox, NFL Network. Uh, your business card, I know it's printed on both sides, Charles, because... No, it has a flap. It folds out. It, yeah, it's like a trifold or something. Right now, you're doing NFL Madden stuff. Madden uh, Madden 19, I guess you're working on. Is that right? That is correct. It's great to talk with you guys, and you're right. We've been longtime friends. 
and somehow you guys have stayed the same age, and I have gotten old. So no, 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 CD. I like it. That like You're it. looking in the wrong mirror, brother. <laughs> I like it. It's great to hear your voices. I, it, this is always a pleasure, and thanks for having me on, and it's always fun to talk with yeah, you. Yeah, you bet. Before we get into the nuts and bolts and wrap up the NFL draft, we were curious. I mean, I my pick, yeah. this is what I envision. You're recording this Madden stuff. Do you just sit in a studio all day and, and you say, that's a throw he's got to make. That's a throw he's got to make. That's that a throw he's got to make. I mean, is that what you do all day long? Just got to change the inflection, KJ. That's all. He, <laughs> can, he cannot get caught from behind on that play. <laughs> right. Sometimes you say it with spirit. Sometimes you don't. It's like it's like when uh, Bob Knight used to always talk about his favorite word in English language was a word, of course, which is an expletive we can't use. But he said, I use it in every situation, noun, verb, adverb. He didn't matter. He, he used it all the time. That's what we try and do here. But, uh, you know, if you have some, have some time one day, and I know, KJ, you got the grandkids rolling around, and Tom, you've got the kids. If you ever have that hankering and you want to see this process and you want to see the place, let me know. Come on up. Because we'll, we're, we're in a studio. It's myself and Brandon Garden. You guys probably know Brandon because he's the voice. he was the voice of Georgia Tech for a few seasons before going on to Big Ten Network and, and Westwood One Radio and what have you. And we come in here and we record, but there's never any video that we're recording to. Like, you know, when I first envisioned, I said, oh, they'll have the video, we'll just record right now. There's zero video. It's all just Brandon and I staring at each other with a situation in front of us, go. And then we try and record and, and give the give the people what they want, give them all the content. Wow, that that's fascinating. For. Well, the other part of it is though, on his side, unless he's doing analyst work with you, and forgive me, I don't have Madden, so yeah. I don't I don't play the game. But okay. I, I can always envision the play by play guy starting on Tuesday morning at eight thirty. All right, first and ten. Yep. yep. First and nine. There is a first lot of and that. eight. <laughs> there is a second lot of and that. twelve. <laughs> you're, KJ, you're you're not far off. You have to have all those situations in there, and some days are a little more tedious than others. But all in all, like like the old expression, when we're ta- sitting around here talking sports, when we've had a bad day, yeah. Well, was I breaking rocks at the quarry today? Or it was, was not work. It was ball? not exactly. work. So that's what it comes down to for us. But yeah, there's a there's a healthy amount of that. There's a healthy amount of doing plenty of other things too, and it's a lot of fun. So two things, Charles. First, I'm going to accept that invitation, and Nolan and I will find Please a way do. to come visit you down there next time you're doing this. Secondly, you mentioned there's no tape, which is a perfect right. segue because there's a few FSU guys that wish there was no tape of their playing careers as evidenced right. by what happened last weekend. So I, I don't know if you can shed any – FSU had six guys declare early, and we've talked about in this yep. show. There, you know, It was different circumstances. You had a coaching change. You know, some guys might not have wanted to learn a new offense. There's a lot of, you know, the tight end may be not as prominent in the new offense. So there's a lot of reasons guys might have gone pro when if it was the same coaching staff, they wouldn't have. But that said, I think mainly we're talking about the fact that Tavares McFadden and Matthew Thomas, neither of them got drafted. I don't think Jalen Wilkerson going undrafted was a surprise to FSU folks. But And then Auden Tate fell all the way to the seventh round. Do you have any insight at all on any of those three and, and why they dropped? Yeah, let's let's go ahead. If you don't mind, I'll take them kind of case by case from what I know. Auden Tate dropping to the seventh, a lot of that was simply he's a red zone receiver. He's at his best in those situations. 
You guys know he makes those plays over the top of people, kind of like a basketball player, and he'll go above the rim and make plays. One of my favorite ones was the bowl game against Southern Miss because there's a third-round safety, Tavares Ward, who went for Southern Miss, where Tate just goes right over the top of him and just makes a man's catch and gets it done. But they can't find much else that they felt comfortable with in terms of him out in the field, route running, et cetera. I think that's a big reason why he fell to the seventh. You know who the comparison would be that also happened to? Marcel Aitman at Oklahoma State. Another guy with excellent college production, but people weren't sure he could separate out in the field. And they feel like, you know, for lack of a better term, one-trick pony. And I hate to say that because it sounds like I'm denigrating the kid. That's not what I'm saying. Just a scouting term. That's what they think was there. Tavares McFadden, from the moment he ran so slowly at the NFL Combine, I knew there was going to be a struggle for him. Because even on Pro Day when he came back, he ran a little bit faster, but not much. And the other part is, what was the old expression that I used to get all the time as a defensive back? Davis, you're an astronaut, which meant lost in space. Okay, (laughs) Him locating the football at times was a real issue. And I know people go, but look at me, he had all the interceptions that year. Those were straight to him. Yeah, there was a lot of balls came to him. (laughs) Okay, So I don't want to take away the interceptions. But at the same time, he had trouble making those types of plays. And then for Matthew Thomas, a little bit of a – I'm not going to call it a mystery, but I just think people just weren't over, overly enamored with everything they saw throughout his career. But I think he fell to the right spot because Pittsburgh has such a great tradition of FSU linebackers that have rolled through there that I think that sometimes you get a little bit of a bonus for that. You know, We know these types of kids. We know what they do. If he comes in with that extra motivation over not being drafted, he's got a chance to make that roster because, you know, with Shazier being out, that's a big hole to plug. And they, I don't think they drafted people ahead of him that are automatically going to get into that role. Let's go to the opposite end, uh, CD, and thanks for that insight. Uh, Derwin James, uh, is, yeah. he, is he going to have the career we all think he might have? I was surprised he was still available at 17. See, I thought he was going in the top 10. And he is going to have that career, KJ. Everyone's going to immediately say, oh, man, Gus Bradley, who's the defensive coordinator with the Chargers, he's got him. He's got his new Cam Chancellor. He's not Cam Chancellor. Because Cam, you're not going to ask Cam to do the things you're going to ask Derwin James to do, and, and I'm talking about coverage ability. Cam is one of the all-time great enforcers in the NFL. If you cross into his territory, he will light you up, and you love that about him. Derwin will do the exact same thing, except Derwin also has the ability to bounce into the slot and cover someone. He can cover from the middle of the field if you have to play him at a high safety. I work, I talked to one of my best friends in the world, worked with Derwin all in the pre-draft run-up, and he's a defensive backs coach. And every three days he would call me and say, I'd play him at corner. I'd play him at corner. I'd wow. play him at corner. Wow. That's, that's how he feels about him. So. I think he went to the absolute perfect spot. That's where I sent him in the first mock draft I did. But I never thought that he would actually last at 17. This is a perfect match of talent and need for the Chargers. And think about what he can do with all the pressure that should be on quarterbacks with Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, and they just drafted Uchenna and Rosu from uh, USC. Those guys get after quarterbacks. James should have a chance to make some plays on the football. They're going to love him out there. Derwin's 100% football player. All yeah, his work yeah. ethic. His work ethic is just off the charts. Love yeah, my, my friend, real quick, my friend who was coaching him this year, I'm telling you, it was every three days raving 
about Derwin James, and it wasn't just as a football player. He loves this young man. Yeah, yeah, I think he's got a great future ahead. I want to go bigger picture here, Charles, because really with the FSU guys that went undrafted, that's not unique to hear. 37 guys declared early and didn't get drafted. And so I'm wondering, and this relates to the bigger picture conversation of how do we get to a point where those kids would have an opportunity to go back to school, and I know there's a lot of ramifications, but I'm wondering in the pre-draft process, when they put their name out, what do they hear back from the NFL? Do they just hear you're going to be drafted or you're not? Do they hear a round? Is it only first-rounders who get? Because we're trying to decipher, did Tavares McFadden just make a terrible decision or did he get really bad info? Or did he get good info and then ran a terrible time, you know? Yeah, yeah, great point. All of them great. Now, without knowing exactly what he did in the process, here's how the process works when it's done the right way. These kids talk about going. Typically, you run it through your school, right? The schools have gotten much better about having people accountable for getting to the the kids' game tapes, you know, the information that's needed, whatever's required, and you get it to an advisory committee with the NFL. They review the game tapes, and they offer you a recommendation, which is not ironclad. Now, I'm guaranteeing you to have to sign things to the nth degree that says, whatever we tell you, you can't sue us for it. You know what I mean? You can't say, okay, we told you you'd go in the third to fifth round, and you go in the seventh. Hey, you cost me money. None of that. These are all recommendations, and they will put a grade on this player and say, this is what we think of him, and we think that he will go between rounds one and three. One and two, definite first rounder. You know, third day, four through seven. They put whatever they want on that. Now it's up to you to decide as a player and as your family and advisors whether you think that's enough for you to go ahead and go in the draft. But they are under no obligation later when you go, hey, you told me I I should be in the second round. I went in the seventh. Uh Uh-uh. That's just their grade analysis. You have to make the decision from there. So without knowing exactly what happened and whether they did all of that, that's how it does work, you know. And I who's, know the who's best on that committee. Who, that. who makes that committee up, it, so it, to speak? KJ, a lot of it is is is, is ex NFL personnel people, you know, former scouts, personnel directors, GMs, people of that nature who watch your tape and offer that. And each one of them offers their own grade, and so what you get is a composite of it. Okay. Right, a consensus of the whole thing, and you know they, they're under no obligation. What I say, no obligation. They are not in the position where what they say goes, and the NFL has to take that and accept it, and same thing with the player. So that's where it's supposed to happen. But I also know that it has happened where that grade has come back, and the kid is, you know, and the grade said, seventh round, probably should go back to school. And the kid's like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going anyway. You also have the flip where they tell you, you know, listen, we think you're a second or a third rounder. And the kid's like, yeah, but I can make. I think I can be a first rounder next year. They go back to school, so it all depends on each kid. And and the, you guys framed it perfectly. Without knowing their circumstances, it's hard to say. Remember Peyton Barber, the running back out of Auburn a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think he went through this, guys, and they told him he'd be best advised to go back to school and improve his standing. They said, yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but I have absolutely no one in my family who can earn money. I have to be the breadwinner. So no matter what, even knowing I might be a free agent, I've got to go to the NFL. I'm their only chance. And so well, he had to give up his career at Auburn and went. Luckily, he made it, but he had he felt like he had no options. 
so that's what you run into as well, well. tom and i have talked and i know you've got an opinion because uh, you're much more intelligent than either one of us put together but <laughs> no better than that uh, two, two observations your reaction number one tom and i were talking about you know there are some of those kids that are in that situation it would be nice to know who those kids are or try to find a way to determine that. I mean, who's the kid that's yep. sending part of his cost of attendance money back home? Who's who's the kid right. that, that is going to have to play? And number two, you mentioned the, that these are you know folks that aren't necessarily plugged in. I, I put forth a, a simple solution that probably won't work, but let's get – six or eight of the GMs together, put them in a room for two days over a weekend, and of all the juniors that, that declare, let's rank them. Not, right. not give them a grade, but say he's first, he's tenth, you know, seed them, so to speak, and then let mm-hmm. the kids make their own decisions from there. That would be a nice, that would be a really nice thing. I mean, and, and KJ, if you could get the current GMs to do it, I think it carries more weight. It carries more stature, right? You know, these kids are hearing it directly from guys who are in right now. You and I both know what we would hear back from the GMs at the time. Oh, um, I'm trying to get my team ready. <laughs> you know, it would be a time I, issue. There's no there. question. There's no question. Right? You know, that's what they would say. But I'm just, I'm just saying to your point, that would be outstanding. And what I'm still trying to figure out is if the colleges can do it in basketball, where if you know you don't get a get an agent, right? You go through the process. You don't get drafted. You can come back to school. I'm trying to figure out what the what the downside well, is. Well, the downside is the the sitting the coaches will, within, uh, the oh, downside yeah. is the sitting coaches will tell you they don't want it because they don't know who to recruit to replace them, and that's bogus. And and it is bogus because the college basketball coaches said the exact same thing when the rule was enacted. Exactly, it, it's they said the exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> if the answer is it's complicated, that's not a reason not to pursue. It's not a reason. Not yeah. a reason. And I think it would be best served for all if we would find a way to get there. And here's the other part. A lot of these kids, if they go through the process, find out they don't make it, come back to school, you know what else they end up finding out? They got to work. They got to find, they got to work. They got to work. Because if you go through the process and you're gone, in the minds of your coaches, they've already moved on to the next person. So in a sense, you've got to come back and earn your spot again. Might be one of the best things that's ever happened to some of those kids that the work ethic kicks in. You fight and scratch and claw, and you might get a better chance to go out the next time and you know what you've got to do and fight for it. That's because I know point. when a coach thinks you're gone, <laughs> they're like, hey, good to see you. Send me a Christmas card. You're <laughs> on to the next guy. Charles, we have uh, taken too much of your time. You've got to get back into that booth so you can say, that's a throw he's got to make. <laughs> throw? That's a throw he's got to make. That's a throw. <laughs> Got to There you go. Oh, he's he, got to make that. He, he is. <laughs> I'm reading his Twitter bio. It says analyst Madden 2018, NFL on Fox, NFL Network, CFB, NFL Draft Analyst. Then it says Usher, Greeter at Walmart. There's like nine <laughs> other things on here, Charles. Congratulations on all your success, bud. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. In fact, I'm going to throw my vest on later this afternoon. So when, when you come rolling in, I'll be the first one to say howdy, okay? Uh, can I get you a buggy? <laughs> <laughs> you want a buggy, a cart, a little basket? Oh, yeah. Aisle three. Aisle three. <laughs> All right. Hey, Charles Davis, thanks. That's thanks, CD. Good, good perspective. Guys. Keith and I have a couple minutes to go. Uh, one of the questions that's been posed this week is in regard to Jimbo Fisher and, and uh, what happened to his ability to – recruit and evaluate talent and i'm going to answer that question when we come back on front row knolls i was driving trees went back me and dell were singing little runaway i was
Monroe Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. All right, just a couple minutes to go. I'll answer uh, one of life's great mysteries momentarily, at least if you're a Florida State fan. But if you've got a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished, go visit Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener to get all your power tool needs. couple locations, as you know, 1110 Stuckey Avenue, 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at 580-1200 or visit them online at ctf.nu. All right, so the question has been asked when you look at it. Florida State had 29 guys picked in that three-year span. We talk about these anchors to Jimbo's early career, like a LaMarcus Joyner and the guys that, that came in there and a Telvin and Devante and all, all those guys. So what happened that now we're not seeing the draft returns? And I don't know that this has been talked about. I don't believe I've heard anybody suggest it, so I'm going to claim it as an original thought. First of all, or do you agree that Jimbo's best strength as a coach is his ability to recruit and evaluate talent? Uh, no, I believe his best strength is his ability to evaluate talent. Okay. What happened on the day that Bobby Bowden, on the day that Jimbo took over as head coach after the 2009 season, he lost his ability to evaluate because as a head coach, you cannot go out on the road anymore. You cannot go to spring practice. You get one visit and you go in as the closer. And so if you look back, he spent those first three years at FSU and he was down there and he knew that Devontae Freeman was better than the starting running back. Who he had gone to look at. Who he had gone to look at and that he was a zero-star kid and offered him on the spot, became a five-star, he's with the Falcons. He knew LaMarcus Joyner could play. He knew that Xavier Rhodes, when he recruited him, was better suited to be a DB and that Cam Irving would be better on the offensive side because he was there and saw it. And as soon as he became head coach... He has to do it by tape. He has to do it by tape and 48 hours when they come to camp over the summer. And so that advantage, which is his greatest strength disappeared completely and i haven't taken the time to analyze the recruiting classes but if you go through and look and start looking at 13 14 15 16 when he was no longer on the road and had not met these kids earlier or gotten the skinny from their coach that is when the recruiting dipped in my estimation i think that's a wonderful i had not thought about that i think you're spot on and let me reinforce it by going backwards that was not coach bowden's strength Coach Bowden relied on his staff to do the evaluation and everything, but Bobby could close anybody. Right. That was his strength. He would go in and turn a kid that was committed somewhere else immediately to Florida State and, and was phenomenal at doing that for 30-something years. I like your point. I think it's spot on. As soon as he became a head coach, it negated his greatest strength because he can no longer get out there and evaluate talent. Because you can't just do it from tape. You've you've got to be out there, and not only that, the 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 the, the Freeman story is a better story. You're there physically to see someone else. You didn't have any tape on Devonte, right? You just happened to see him because you were physically present to watch. And I I think you, I think you're on to something. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll do this again next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Whoa. Whoa.